0: guys guys radio this is your host robert manny welcoming you to the show it is wednesday thursday thursday january 25th 2018 uh our special guest this evening is uh jenny nadler uh we had a little technical difficulty getting the show started so i apologize if you've been waiting for a few minutes um but that's showbiz as they say the uh Direct Connect function that we use to get on the show using my podcasting tools, and, uh, and my uh, podcaster, mic are not working on Blog Talk Radio this evening, so we're doing a call-in. So I hope you can uh, forgive me, audience, and hang in there, because we've got a great show. Let me ask you a question. Is your body in proper alignment for pain-free movement and physical health? health? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, your pelvis, actually, where... It's a very, very important part of your body, and our special guest, Ginny Nadler, has written a book about it called Spiritual Anatomy, Realigning the Body and Soul. So we're going to get with her very quickly. I'm going to do our uh, uh, just an overview of the world, what's going on in the guy's guy's world and then we're going to uh take a super quick break and then we're going to bring Ginny on so we should have her on in about uh three minutes or so so let's just talk about what's going on this is guys guys radio the place where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins um what's happening in the guys guys world well here we are in New York City uh it's a right smack dab in the middle of winter so we've got another chilly day here and uh it's been, uh, it seems like a long winter already because it was so cold around New Year's that uh, it just uh, – that was about a month early for that type of weather, and it's just kind of stuck with us. So here we are dealing with it. But that's just uh, showbiz. So you've got to keep on keep it on. Every winter is different here in the Northeast. Um, out, elsewhere, the NFL playoffs took place this past weekend. We've got a Super Bowl, New England once again. I think it's their uh, – they're going for their sixth? super bowl ring and they're playing the philadelphia eagles who are being led by their backup quarterback nick Foles. so you're going to see you're going to have a couple of storylines this next two weeks it's going to be all about tom brady him being the greatest quarterback of all time and bill belichick and him being the greatest coach of all time and tom brady and bill belichick being the greatest coach quarterback tandem of all time and then uh The other story is going to be they're going to try to make it seem like that the Eagles are going to win this game. And there's going to be all you're going to see articles like the five reasons why the Eagles win the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of talk already about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. But they are uh, five or six point underdogs, and they should be. What I like to do when I see uh, teams go to the Super Bowl, as soon as the NFL uh, championship games are over, I have in my mind, okay, who's the better team, who's going to win, and then I lock into that, and then that's it. I do not get swayed. I don't pay attention to any of the hype because in two weeks they can shape your mind to think anything. So my immediately thinking was, you know what, the Eagles had some troubles on defense. They did play good in the playoffs. They were at home both games. Nick Foles is a backup quarterback. Some games he's great, other games he's not. He's got two weeks to get nervous for the Super Bowl. I know the Eagles want it bad, but I've got to go with New England, I think. So uh, that's what I felt then, so I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to be talking about that more next week. Also, uh, what's going on in the world? Um, we've got uh, the president saying he's going to testify in front of Mueller under oath. I'll believe it when i see it the stock market continues to rock and roll it's just absolutely unbelievable it's almost scary in a way because every time you turn on the tv and you look at the ticker it's like up another hundred points and how long can that go on i mean the stock market's cyclical and uh it just keeps going with all these regulations being pulled out and the tax rate lowered i thought that was all baked into the market but apparently not i think it's going to keep going like this uh somewhat for the remainder of this year and then i think we'll hit a wall next year we'll see what happens with the midterm elections um i watched a whole bunch of uh psychic predictions for 2018 online just to see if there's any consistencies and the consistencies i found were that everybody predicted uh more and more earthquakes and it's already starting to happen there was one in southern california today um And uh, it's predicted for the entire year to be a lot of earthquakes in the earthquake ring. And then also that uh, they would finally get around to attempting to impeach Trump and it wasn't going to work. So we'll see what happens with that. But those are the two constants I found. I've watched about five or six uh, videos online, uh, you know, 20, 10, 20, 15 minute videos uh, with prognosticators and channelers and mediums and just predicting next year as psychics. And, uh, they, this is what they came up with. Um, they all also agreed that, uh, they, things would get uh, touchy uh, even more touchy than it has been with North Korea, but then ultimately somehow, um, their leader would be ousted and things would get smoothed over at the last minute. So hopefully that'll happen and we'll see what happens from there. Um, I mentioned earlier this year that I had developed a diet, and it basically is based on you give up one thing every week for the year. Now, you could do it one thing each month, uh, but the advanced way, and I'm putting myself through this, is I give up one thing new each week during the year. And the idea behind it, I call it the... uh, um, Process of elimination diet. And basically, what I've done is I started with uh, the first week, gave up something big. So I gave up alcohol for 2018. I had the week to kind of process that to see how I felt about it. And then I needed to give something else up. So I gave up cookies the next week, and then candy the next week, and then cake this week. And then this week coming up, I'm going to give up getting into February, I'm going to give up something bigger. I'm going to give up ice cream because, you know, when you stop. If you don't drink, you look for some other sweets to kind of take the place of it. And uh, so we'll see how that goes. I call it the process of elimination diet. It's going to be tough to come up with 50, 52 different things, but uh, I'll worry about that as I get into March and April. But so far, so good. I lost about five pounds. I'm working out. I feel fantastic. And uh, I'll keep reporting in on that, and I'm going to be blogging on it. And I may actually try to, not try to, I may actually package that as a diet. We'll see how it works. Uh, let's see what else. Um, food and uh, food and disease. The more and more I read is that um, diet, your gut is your second brain, and diet has everything to do with disease. And, you know, you've got to think that's true. Look at the skyrocketing, skyrocketing projections for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and look at our food supply. There's so much processed food, so much meat. The average American eats 212 pounds of meat a year. That's a lot. Uh, I quit meat 10 years ago, so I have not eaten a ton of meat in that time. So I think my internal organs are thanking me for that now because they don't have to work so hard and I've gotten a lot of the toxicity of the meat out of my system. And you can get just as much protein from uh, hemp protein powder and uh, from beans and things like that. So, um, And I don't crave the meat either, so I feel, feel pretty good about that whole thing. Um, We're going to bring our uh, special guest on in a few moments. Um, Let me talk about the – I do a guy's guy's guy of the week or an anti-guy's guy of the week. So I was on the fence. Is this guy's guy or an anti-guy's guy of the week? Because I read an article about uh, millennials and how they spend – the guys spend 10 hours a week on dating apps. Uh, Actually, men spend more time than women. They spend 85 minutes per day. That's a lot of time. And, uh, you know, I I met my wife through online dating. It wasn't on an app. It was on good old fashioned match.com where she winked at me um, and we went out and that was kind of it. But um, 10 hours a week, that's a lot of time on apps. And I think uh, technology is a way of life and it's a way of life for millennials and for boomers and all that. You just got to get over it. That's the way it is. We're using technology and uh, that's the way of the world. However, We also need to have interpersonal relationships and dating and things like that through apps. You know, at a certain point, you have to meet people face-to-face. You have to have a good rap. You have to have a good rapport. If you're a guy, you have to have a good game, uh, talk, and be able to speak with women and be authentic, be your honest self, be a guy's guy. Casual confidence, right? Casual confidence, unassuming, unassuming strength. Timeless style. You just got to be cool on assuming strength, casual confidence, seductive integrity, emotional intelligence, and you can demonstrate that in person more than you can through an app. So I'm going to say it's up to you. Are you an anti-guy's guy of the week, millennial male, or are you a guy's guy of the week because you know how to handle your apps and you know how to get out in front and meet, meet the young ladies face-to-face? and uh spend that time wisely so i'll leave it up to you guys to decide our guys guys of the week are millennial men so we're going to take a very quick break and then we're going to bring jenny adler back uh as soon as we do okay we're back on guys guys radio as i mentioned our special guest this evening is jenny adler she's got a wonderful book it's called spiritual anatomy um let me tell you a little bit about jenny and her book um She is the founder and CEO of Core Body Wisdom. The core of Ginny's approach is called SRI, or Structural Realignment Integration, which draws on her years as a wellness instructor and body alignment specialist to support individuals with stressed and in-pain structures to be pain-free and rediscover freedom of movement. She studied yoga at the BKS Inyagar Tradition, for years and then decided to seek more creative ways to discover uh, about imbalances and distortions and how they arise in the human structure and psyche with a focus on releasing trauma in the pelvic floor. So let's uh, bring her on now and we're going to talk about her book. Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Ginny Nadler.
1: Hello, thank you for having me, Robert.
0: Uh, my pleasure. Um, what a what a wonderful book. There's so much to it. I was reading kind of some of the questions we were going to talk about, and then I started writing down more questions and more questions and more questions. So I've got a lot <laughs> oh, I want good. to go I'm through glad. with you. Yeah, uh, let's talk about um, the pelvis. Why? Why? Let's start at the very beginning. What inspired okay. you to write this book? And what? Tell us about the importance of the pelvis area in terms of alignment.
1: Ah, oh, what inspired me to write the book? I have worked with thousands of bodies over 35, 38 years. And um, what, what I have discovered is with all, of, with all of the exercise, and we are, you know, the boomers, we're, we're the generation that was never going to get old. Mm -hmm. And we were never going to be like our parents. And we weren't going to be sedentary. And so actually, we overworked our bodies. And what really fascinates me and always fascinated me was, was anthropology, cultural anthropology, medical, physical. Like how do we use this structure? And how do we actually get out of alignment in this structure? We are two-legged beings. When we were four-legged, we actually used the upper limbs. And the upper limb stretched out of the pelvic floor. If you watch a dog running, or you know you see the shows with the large cats when when mm-hmm. the animals run the four legged you can literally see all of the muscles stretching from the floor of the pelvis all the way to that front leg. We don't use our bodies that way. So through years and years of working with bodies, people coming to me with physical pain, be it knee or hips or neck or, you know, I'm I'm told Mm -hmm. by my doctor I'm going to have a hip replacement or a knee replacement. And working with bodies and realizing that as two-legged beings from the very first step we took as a child, we leaned over to one side more than the other. Yes. And literally the upper torso then drops down into the pelvic floor. So, you know, if if anyone in your audience, when when they're listening to this, if you're standing in front of a mirror and you look at yourself and you say, yeah, my right hip is lower than my left. My right shoulder might be lower than my left. Actually, what happens over years and years and years because the misalignment starts in the floor of the pelvis as a very very small child and the other fascinating thing about the floor of the pelvis in my years of the study of embryology which is you know how how we come into being born into a structure is that the very first structure that is formed in the human body is in the pelvic floor, and that's called the perineum. And the Mm -hmm. perineum is in between the anus and genitals. The heart is the first organ formed, but the perineum is the first structure. And actually, Everything in the nine months that we are developing in utero, everything that becomes us emerges out of this tiny little, what becomes a one-inch space. The arms 28 days in utero, the limb buds pop out. We are an absolutely fascinating structure. And so what I realized is that when, and I had severe sciatic pain, and 45 Mm -hmm. years of yoga was making my sciatic pain even worse because I was never dealing with the fact that I was dropping into one side of my body. And the muscle fibers were rolling and twisting around the bones very differently on each side. So, what so if I you're uh, so so
0: so yes. so what if, if so if we begin in an unaligned state, then all the exercise or all the yoga that we do just actually compounds that issue until, until it becomes a, a real problem. That's what you're saying?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing people younger and younger. So you know, yoga today, 2018. Mm-hmm the enormous number of people that are practicing yoga. And I have teachers coming to me that are in dramatic pain. Their postures are gorgeous. They can do poses that I would never even consider doing anymore. And yet, they are in excruciating pain, and they are Mm. overstretching fibers over those pelvic bones.
0: That's fascinating. Uh my wife is a uh, she teaches uh yoga teachers in uh the hatha yoga. That's more, you mm-hmm. know, breathing breathing oriented and she she doesn't have that issue, but I could understand I haven't taken some of the classes with her in the city. Uh I, I, I hear what you're saying exactly and uh also This uh, also impacts uh, runners. I'm a runner. I've done a couple of uh, three marathons, and uh, I'm fortunate that I still run. I haven't had any problems with my knees or uh, anything like that, and I still go out and run the loop of the Central Park 6.2 miles once a week as Mm. well as do a lot of uh, elliptical and things like that. But um, I feel I'm pretty stiff, and I think part of it is because of this pelvic floor you're talking about and um not allowing the kundalini to kind of flow through so talk to us about um what what the issue becomes then with your pelvis and why the pelvis area is so important and how that is an energy center um needs to be open so the light and the energy can come through and achieve
1: Mm. I'll go back to our physical structure and how we are aligned and or misaligned. In Western industrialized society, and this is not, you know, countries that didn't go through the Industrial Revolution, their bodies actually are aligned very differently than ours. At the Industrial Revolution, we were standing and sitting Machinery. We were no longer agrarian. There are countries, India, China, where people can squat, and they can stay in a squat for thirty minutes or more. Mm-hmm. If I was to ask even fifteen-year-old, ten-year-old, go down into do a squat. Now, we all began, babies squat beautifully. You know, they're down there and they, they play with the toys in front of them and they get up and down and up and down. So why do we lose that ability? We lose the space between the top of the thigh where the long femur bone in the thigh comes into the bottom <laughs> of the pelvis. And if we lose that space, then there are muscles that we are not able to use because literally we are in a structural prison. And how does that happen? It happens because we literally push the pelvis too far forward. Another way of saying that is we tuck the tail under. And if we push the pelvis forward, then the pelvic floor where the perineal area is is not in alignment with the floor. So the top, the very front of the pelvic area is literally lifted up toward our nose. And the back of the perineal area and the base of the buttocks is literally sucked underneath. And so... All of the fibers, all of the nerve endings at the base of the spinal cord that feed every organ system of our body now is being energetically cut off.
0: Okay, so if, uh, Ginny, so for somebody standing up, let's put this into practical, uh, layman's, uh, relatable way because, uh, I think people need to figure out, well, what can I do? I totally right. get the concept. So, okay, I'm standing up right now. I have a mm-hmm. little bit of sway back. I don't know if that affects things at all, but um, but I'm in good shape. I stand erect. I was going through the book, and I'm like, I think I'm standing the right way. You, you mentioned that a lot of people are leaning on one side or the other. When somebody's standing up, how do they know if they're in the right alignment? Mm.
1: So... Do you feel yourself that you are standing right in the middle or do you feel that perhaps there's more weight coming down through one side more than the other and you're standing in one leg, one foot more than the other? Mm, I'm,
0: I think I'm like a little shifting a little bit back and forth. I don't feel like I'm like there's a like there's a rod right through my spine, right down to mm-hmm. the middle between my legs.
1: Mm, okay. But
0: otherwise, I so, feel fairly straightened up.
1: Uh huh. Okay. So, are your quadricep muscles? This is something everyone can ask. As you're standing, are your quadricep mm-hmm. muscles on your femur bones, those long leg bones? Are the quadricep muscles soft? Can you, with your fingers, mm-hmm. literally kick the quadricep muscles up off the femur bone, or are they hard on the bone? Hmm.
0: I can uh, I can grab the muscle and shake it a little bit.
1: Okay. Well, that's good.
0: I can wiggle most it. I can people, wiggle it. Yeah.
1: Most people cannot, and the reason that we cannot is because when we're standing, the Mm -hmm. base of the beddocks is being pushed forward and under. So the majority of people are standing with their pelvis forward. Now, we we could talk about the sway back for a moment, which is really important to elongate that lumbar spine. It's really important, and I'll speak to that in a moment. But most people are standing on one side more than the other and they're tucking the tailbone under. And that's the first thing to look for. Now, in the pelvic floor, and in my book, I have amazing diagrams.
0: Yes, they are beautiful. Well done.
1: Thank you. In the pelvic floor, in the middle of the perineal area, which is shaped like a diamond shape, And so, what I had to do, because I'm so visually oriented, I had to create a one-inch circle in the middle of this diamond area. And I liken this one-inch circle to a clock face. Behind the genitals, way behind the genitals, in the middle of the perineal area, Hmm. would be the top of the circle, and that would be 12 o'clock. Okay. In the back of the circle, in front of the anus, way in front of the anus, Mm -hmm. would be 6 o'clock. So 3 o'clock on the clock would be in the right, and Mm -hmm. 9 o'clock in the left. And so, if someone is standing even slightly, to one side more than the other the fibers across this one inch little area and in a man it's no more than an inch in a woman mm-hmm. it could be an inch an inch and a quarter because we birth the babies mm-hmm. and sure. so the, our base starts out to be wider and so if the fibers are stretching across this one-inch area. Eventually, these fibers are attached all the way out to the pelvic bones and the leg bones. And we are literally being pulled across to mm-hmm. one side. And again, we get twisted. So I happen to be someone who drops into my right side. That's how I created the sciatic pain. Right. And my whole upper torso was, it looked like I was minimally dropped, but internally it's an enormous drop. And my left side says, well, I guess if, she, if this building, because all we are is a building of Legos, if this building is going over to her right side. I guess my left side needs to twist around forward and over to the right. So my 9 o'clock in my circle is lifted. My 3 o'clock is dropped lower. And at the base of my butt because the pain begins very early, even if I don't feel pain as a young person... I am protecting that low back. Mm -hmm. And so I begin to suck under the base of my buttocks because between six and five and four in that right side, I am literally getting pushed forward. So when someone is trying to find out which side is the more congested side, which I was a runner. I ran marathons for years and years. Ultimately, when I got into my early fifties, was when the pain in my inner knee started, and it wasn't a big pain. It was meniscus. A yes, it was a discomfort, and because I knew how to stretch, I could relieve that pain. But after just two more years, it was very clear that I was now setting up a pattern in my hips and my legs that it was going to be hard to come back from. Mm -hmm. So it is vital to understand the pelvic floor because this is the source of our beginning. This is what I call the embryology of consciousness. And this is why the pelvic floor is also the source of great emotional trauma because we literally protect the floor of the pelvis when we go into fear. You know, like a dog. When the dog is scared, mm-hmm. that tail gets shoved way under. Well, exactly that same thing happens to us.
0: So what can a, a your regular person do who, you know, they pick up your book and they read it. How can they, and they do the exercises, but uh, for just take, for instance, uh, listeners to the show, what are some of the things they can do to uh, do what they can to kind of open up that area? Because, you know, this is just the beginning of a whole Pandora's box because you say that the spine, which I agree with completely, the spine is a source of disease, um you got the kundalini down there uh that shoots up the uh shoots up the back. Um and uh also you talk about, you know, cells talking to each other and things like that, which I understand as a as a fact because having gone through uh Ayurvedic medicine, um it's certainly uh it's certainly part of the protocol. So talk to us about what right. the everyday person can do to kind of start to work that area.
1: Okay. So, most people sit at a desk. Most people are, for some period of the day, sitting down, even when we are driving a car. So, understanding the position of this clock and Figuring out which side is more congested. In both sides, if, if we droop into one side, it doesn't mean that one side is better than the other because the muscles are mm-hmm. raveling around bone all the time. And in the spine, they're raveling around causing, causing scoliosis. And we all have scoliosis in the very base of our spine. If we are in industrialized societies, people in India, Nepal, They don't seem to have that problem because the pelvis is in anatomical position. So Mm -hmm. that is what we have to do. We have to put the pelvis in anatomical position to make more space at the top of the thighs and at the top of the pelvic rim so the spine can grow up and out. So what I would suggest is anyone any time you are seated you can be on a bus you can be in your car you can be at your desk if you know how when we we want to get really comfortable and we sit on a couch or you're in the movies and you lean into mm-hmm. the back of the chair Yep. and we're kind of rounded now in that Low, middle, upper back. Well, right where we all are now, if if you're seated, and I suggest that you sit, because if you're doing the seated, you definitely are doing the standing as well. Mm -hmm. So imagine, okay, you're on a really soft, comfortable couch, and you want to just lean your back into the couch. As you do that, feel what happens to the underside of your thighs, way up high at the base of the buttocks. And I'm going to exaggerate that as I sit on the chair that I'm sitting on. And in my pelvic floor, my 12 o'clock is not on the chair at all. I am completely elevated with the front of my pelvis. My pubic bone is lifted up toward my nose. My under thighs are not really on the seat. I could feel it a little bit, but I'm not seated there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what I want everyone to do is now say, okay, my back is completely rounded. And what happens to your head? Your head automatically falls forward.
0: Forward, right. And
1: when you when you look at elders, and you yes. see people in walkers, the mm-hmm. back is completely rounded, and the head is forward, and the thoracic spine, that mid back, they they used to call it the dowager's hump. Mm-hmm. Completely rounded. Well, because we are two legged, every single one of us. Is prone to this When our pelvic floor Is not in anatomical alignment So very slowly From this really Awful position Roll the front of your pelvic floor Look your 12 o'clock In your circle Forward and down Onto your chair What's happening to your upper back? We're now coming forward into the front of the circle. And now I have the ability to literally climb my head out of the pelvic floor. As an embryo, the crown of the head emerged out of that Mm-hmm. so when my pelvis is forward like this I have the ability to climb higher and now my under thighs from the base of the buttocks is down on the seat and the spine literally I can I can kind of unscrew. Move my upper back around, and then screw my spine out of the pelvis. And then, this is another really important thing to do is, and one side, you know I've been practicing this for years and years, and I'm still slightly dropped into my right side. So whether you feel dropped into your right, or heavier into your left butt, or maybe even if you feel completely balanced in the middle of the dot of the circle where the hands of the clock would be, what mm-hmm. I'd like you to do is take your right hand, your right palm, and put your right palm way under the right butt and take your fingertips as close into the pelvic floor, the back of the buttocks, where the inner thigh is coming into the pelvic floor. And take your fingers on that flesh and literally pull that flesh open and out to the right and then let your right hand come off.
0: you're just stretching it out then, right? Stretching it open? Yes.
1: And can you feel... The whole right side is a lot wider than your left side. And then go Mm -hmm. over to the left, trying not to suck the right fibers in. Take your left hand. You can even lift that butt up so you're leaning more on the right. And go way underneath where the base of the butt comes in to the inner thigh, and the pelvis and open those fibers out toward the left and then swing open the right and swing open the left. And now see if you feel like you're seated more in the middle.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yes. So so, uh, so, you
0: were going to touch on sway back. How does that uh, factor into this?
1: Right. Because if the lumbar spine is not filled up, and I move my 12 o'clock forward and forward and forward, and then I poke out my rib cage like military posture, mm-hmm. you're going to feel that sway back even more, right? Yeah. And then what we're tempted to do is just to pull the shoulder blades back and squeeze those mm-hmm. blades together. Right. So what? what controls that sway back in the lumbar spine are abdominal muscles that are right behind your pubic bone. So your 12 o'clock is down on the floor. Take your fingertips, both hands, and move your fingertips into the hard pubic bone. So you feel way down. Yeah, that's my pubic bone. It's hard. And then I'm going to draw my fingers up a little higher into the bottom of the belly where the pubic bone now meets those abdominals way down low. And it's, push, it's mushy. Mm-hmm. This is if I could move my fingertips way into the center of my body this is where the perineum is. The perineum isn't lying on the floor. The perineal body, that one-inch circle, is right at the height where your fingertips are. So if my 12 o'clock is down and the flesh over the pubic bone is down on toward the chair, and now I gently move my fingers into that fleshy, Soft space, you should be able to feel pressure in your lumbar spine. It's hmm. not a pain. It's just filling up. Can you feel that a little bit? Yeah. That is how you elongate the sacral muscles off the lumbar, and then breathe your rib cage internally down. It will round your shoulders. It might round your chin into your chest. So let's all take an inhale, exhale the rib cage down, and let kind of like a little forward fold happen. My shoulders mm-hmm. are dropped. My fingers are moving into that fleshy spot. And now I'm going to literally roll. My upper torso, way up out of that sacrum and the lumbar. So the real core of the body is not the higher abdominals. The real core is where the source of our beginning is, the pelvis, mm-hmm. and that little mushy spot with your fingertips that provide that pressure automatically elongates the sacral muscles off the lumbar so that you can inch yourself through the lumbar and use those lumbar erector spinae muscles, which are the ones from the base of the butt to the base of the neck. Got it. That we, that we do not stretch enough. And that's the reason we get shorter as we age,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because we and literally the fall. Yeah. Okay,
0: just for just a quick review for our listeners, the perineum. Exactly where is it? Because you go down there, and there's a lot of stuff going on. You have your genitals, then you have the area between your genitals and your anus. And where exactly is this perineum then? One more time.
1: So, so. Your fingers are on your hard pubic bone, which is, you know, way down low. Okay. And then I slowly walk my fingertips moment by moment up to the spot where the hard pubic bone meets a lot of soft, mushy flesh, which is the bottom of my abdominals and other organs, of course. Okay. And so, so in that, that, f- that mm-hmm. in the middle of the body, if I can move my fingertips through my body into the midline, in between that spot and the sacrum, which is the lowest part of the vertebral column in the spine, in the middle of our body, that's where the perineum is.
0: Okay. Great. Uh, one last question, because uh, we're starting to run on, and I don't want to keep you too long. Um, you mentioned cellular memory. Tell us why that is so important. Um, I'll just give you a quick aside while you're uh, uh, chewing on that for a second. I uh, went through a IU Verdict a protocol and had to take a, a pinprick of blood and test a whole bunch of different different areas. And one of the things they found that I had had two robotic surgeries on my kidneys about three years ago and they said well, you know in this area on my abdominal that the cells was kind of was deadened and I think it was from the robotic surgery having the rods shoved in there and the the fascia had been stretched and the uh, cells weren't talking to each other so I laid in front of a microcharger and there was a lot of other stuff that was done but um mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar to you? And uh, what is the importance of cellular memory and cells talking to each other?
1: Mm, so wonderful. You know, there's a whole science in, in the last, I don't know, 15, maybe even 20 years now called epigenetics. Yeah. And we used, to, we used to believe that our DNA was the total, complete control of disease that develops in our body and, and that's how our cellular structure is informed. And from that information, like for example, I have a history in my family of heart disease. My mother told me when I was 11, 12 years old, oh Jenny, we all die of heart disease in this family, so will you. So there in the family line right there is a cellular memory that has been mm-hmm. fed into the organism given because there was an enormous amount of stress in, in the families for generations and generations. So whatever reason, the cells are brilliant. And so be it from emotional stress or from physical stress, like you're talking about the procedure that you had. Mm-hmm. That is extremely in any any surgical procedure is invasive. You know, dental surgery is invasive. Sure. And the body the body goes into fight or flight internally and goes into yes. contraction. And so mm-hmm. the cells Literally, like when you squeeze your fist, each cell squeezes in descent. But there is a memory way, 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 way back of the opening. And so why, when I am working with individuals, And I work with a lot of people who are beginning to open up their pelvic floor and all of a sudden, tears or rage, Mm -hmm. emotion starts to come out and they don't even know why or what it's attached to. And it's not really that important in these moments because what's happening in the opening in the space that is created is the cells are beginning to let go of the stress. And then maybe 100,000 muscle fiber cells begin to inform another 400,000 muscle fiber cells. And so cellular memory is really vital in the healing process. Mm -hmm. And our brain, our neurology, what is so fascinating is our neurology is the last to know anything in the healing process. I may think that, oh, if I I read about this and I understand, I am actually going to be able to use my brain to heal the situation the stories of our lifetime, the stories of our parents, our grandparents, lineage, hundreds and hundreds of, and hundreds of thousands of years, live in my body, mm-hmm. in my cell structure. And so, cellular memory needs to be unraveled in order to make change. Yep. I mean, okay. take it take take it to the level of war after war after war after war. We keep responding in the same ways. And what is it going to take as an individual organism opening up and freeing ourselves to make change? I think Mm -hmm. that's it.
0: well done and uh you know you're really brilliant lady and uh the book is 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 dense in a good way there's a lot of information this isn't just something you tossed aside and just like threw it out there this is very well thought out it's beautifully put Mm -hmm. together there's a lot of great diagrams and pictures and exercises and meditations and i've got 15 more questions i didn't get to so maybe we can do it again sometime (laughs) but um uh, i want to thank you for being on the show jenny uh Let's uh, tell everybody where they can find your book, where they can find more about you. The name of the book mm-hmm. is Spiritual Anatomy, Realigning Body and Soul. Our special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Jenny Nadler. Tell the audience uh, where they can find more about you and the book.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, my website is com. Um, and on Core Body Wisdom, you can actually download for free the beginning chapter of the book, and um, you can order the book on Amazon. You can get it as an ebook or as a hard copy. What I find, though, is that you really want the hard copy because you need to yep. open it up and mark it up and play with it and... and and so, yeah, um, you can also find Core Body Wisdom on Facebook. And, um, and my schedule of teaching, I actually teach all over the world and teach practitioners of all modalities, movement modalities, as well as individual and um, at retreat centers. So I'm out and about.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, listen, uh, again, congratulations on this. It's it's a very fresh idea. Uh, your approach is fantastic, and um, you really put it together in a fantastic way. So I'm um, very appreciative to have you on Guys Guys Radio. I'm sorry we got a little bit of a late start, and I had to call in because of some technical stuff. But you were there, thankfully, and I'm mm-hmm. glad we did it, and um, hopefully we can do it again at some point. Thanks so much, Jenny. Okay.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Okay, bye-bye. Okay, folks, that was our special guest, Ginny Nadler, and again, her book is Spiritual Anatomy, Realigning Body and Soul. We're going to take a very quick break, and then I'm going to come back and do the Guys, Guys Guide of the Week. Okay, I'm back. Uh, Guys, Guys Radio, as you know, I like to do a Guys, Guys Guide every week. And that's usually kind of highlights of uh, a blog post I'm working on. A um, couple things about the whole Guys, Guys, Brandon movement. Uh, most of you who have listened to the show know this, but it all started with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. You can pick that up on Amazon or some bookstores, and you can get the physical book or an e-book. You can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. Uh, and my website is com, and I am now a weekly columnist for the Good Men's Project because the Guys Guys brand is all about when men and women are, can be at their best. Everyone wins. Better men, better world. So I do a Guys Guys guide every week on my website. It's a post. I've done about 300 of them. And uh, this one is about five trends, I think, that are – aiding and abetting the dumbing down of American culture. So I'll just touch on those, and let's not take it too seriously, but um, in a way they are serious, and in a way they're kind of fun. So the first one is uh, people eating Tide Pods. Now, that's the detergent, Tide, and if you've seen stuff on social media and then the mainstream news, you'll know that for some reason some young folks are now eating the Tide Pods because they come in these swirly kind of colors and stuff, and they look like they might be Blueberry swirl or raspberry swirl candy, but they're not. It's detergent, and people are challenging each other, young people, to eat these pods, and it's just—it's really not a good idea. And I think the pressure's on uh, P&G, Procter and Gamble, who make Tide, to make these things look less appetizing. But it's—it's it's just like, what are you thinking if you're eating Tide pods? I mean, come on, uh, we've got to be better than that. So that's really like scraping it folks so that's number one two is and some people love this and I know it's hot right now but where are we as a society if the new cool trend is going out to hatchet bars so these are places like alcohol and throwing axes or hatchets to me uh, even if it's at a target in a contained uh, protected area it's just really you go out and drink and throw axes that's the new thing can we do better than that I don't know if we're running out of ideas or whatever but that and I know I know for even folks and people in my family my nieces and nephews they like to do it and I know a lot of millennials are into it okay but really <laughs> next is uh this trend now where uh there's so much focus on trying to get people to eat fast food making it cheaper and cheaper um it's not nutritious it's not good for you, but people are, there's all kinds of these $5 deals, $3 deals, $2 items, $1 items, and mostly all kinds of $5 deals out there. And uh, it's just, it seems like at the beginning of the year, they're just really pu- pu- pushing it real hard. I know it's a lot of it is uh, uh, advertising on sports to young males and stuff, but it's just pushing out the fast food and the burgers. And now I think uh, Burger King is going to have a half pound burger And with all all the things that are coming out about, you know, meat and fat and all this other stuff, it just seems like doubling down, Baconators, more bacon, more meat, bigger, more. And uh, that's why we're seeing people now in their 30s getting Parkinson's and even some people getting Alzheimer's like in their 40s now. It's a lot of it, you could argue. And there's some facts to uh, back it up the diet uh, has a lot to do with the gut is the second brain and the the diet and the gut is a source of uh, health or disease in the body so you have to be careful about what fuel you put into it that's all I'm gonna say I'm not saying that Burger King is bad it's not I've enjoyed a whopper myself there but we have to like you know for staples of our everyday eating we we can't just eat fast food (laughs) You know, I know it's, I know it's cheap, but you've got, got, got to have a varied diet, um, a little treat now and then is okay. Then the other part of that is now they're even going after uh, trying to, I call it lipstick on a pig, where some of the fast food places are, uh, one of them in particular uh, is offering table service and reservations for Valentine's Day. Now, if you want to take your date out, special date on Valentine's Day to a hamburger, a cheap hamburger fast food place, and you're actually going to get a reservation there and they're going to have table service, have a good time. But uh, I think we can do better than that, folks. Um, Cook something for her at home Uh, might be better. There's also the IHOP's got a new one. $3.99 all the pancakes you you can eat. I mean, how many pancakes are you going to eat? and what kind of pancakes are they? What's, what's in the flour? What's in the syrup? Is it pure grade B, Vermont organic maple syrup? Or is it uh, some stuff that you buy in the supermarket where it's a lot of uh, high fructose corn syrup? I don't know. Ask yourself that. Check the ingredients. What's the flour in these pancakes that you can eat all you want? Is it good for you? up to you you got to do your homework on it i'm not sure if this is a trend that's wonderful for people the other one that i found is uh what's going on in hollywood now it seems like there's a propensity i walk into the subway every day in new york city and i look at the movie posters and the tv posters and it's it's superheroes and ultraviolence and uh, now we're getting franchises i mean obviously the superhero thing it's I, they just keep going and going and you know i laugh as an adult and i know i'm i'm an exception i'm like i'm not really into the superhero movies okay these are comic book stuff this is what i looked at as a kid but now believing in superpowers and all of that i'm like come on but a lot of people love it and uh so but that's what seems to be happening the other thing is the ultra propensity for ultra violence, and you know they can do violence beautifully now. I was watching uh, John Wick 2 the other day, actually good story, but the violence and the and beautiful beautiful cinematography, but the violence is so over the top that it's numbing that you don't even notice how violent it is. But there's literally hundreds of people killed in that movie. And, you know, by Keanu, and half of them are by Keanu Reeves, and he's a very likable actor, and he's a good actor. And these are well done, expensive Hollywood movies, but it's just all based on violence. Now there's going to be, they're already working on John Wick 3. And uh, I saw another movie the other day. I just decided I'll check. Uh, I don't know if it was Amazon or Netflix. I think Amazon. Couldn't be wrong. It was a Vince Vaughn movie about brawl and cell block number 59 or something like that and uh vince vaughn goes to prison uh, and kind of in a cool hand luke kind of way for some kind of minor crime that turns into a bigger thing uh and there the violence is just off the charts it was like i was like it was so dark and so violent i was like this is there's something dysfunctional here. If this is entertainment where people stepping out of people's heads and their teeth coming out and things like that, it's like, this is just, this is not entertainment. There's something, there's something we have to ask ourselves as a society. It's like, could we do better than this? I think there's going to be a swing to some more positive stuff. If you want to check something like that out, give my uh, novel a read, the guy's guy's Guy to love. It's a rom-com. It's a lot of fun two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. But um, that's kind of my thoughts for the week. My guys, guys, guide is just be aware of these trends that are kind of pulling our culture downwards, in my opinion. But you make your own decision. And it's all about, you know, doing things in in some type of moderation. Yeah, I enjoyed John Wick, too, and I like Keanu Reeves. It's mega violent, though. And um, I like a fast food every once in a blue moon. Uh, or a red moon but uh, you know you have to ask yourself is this the best balanced diet for me going forward every day and just be careful what you eat because disease starts in the gut folks so that's our show for this evening uh, next week we have got a uh, a guys guy on here he's going to be uh talking about relationship issues for guys his name is spencer burnett out of chicago so we'll be back on our usual time and day next wednesday at 7 p.m january 31st and i think that is the night of the big red supermoon uh where the moon will be 15 percent larger than usual and it will be uh reddish in tint and because it's a, a full moon it's going to be called a blue moon blue super moon even though it's kind of going to be red colored so keep your eyes out for that that's next wednesday the 31st until then uh, thanks for uh, sticking with me being with the show this has been uh, guys guys radio podcast number 260 you can catch us on blog talk radio itunes stitcher TuneIn in radio remember to rate Subscribe and review us on iTunes. Until next time, what I always like to say is, guys, guys, finish first. Good night.